Gospel of Mark, chapter 9, beginning at verse 33. And they came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he began to question them. What were you discussing on the way? But they kept silent. For on the way they had discussed with one another which one of them was the greatest. Sitting down, he called the twelve and said to them, If anyone wants to be first, he shall be last of all and servant of all. Taking a child, he sat before him and talking with him in his arms, he said to them, Whoever receives one child like this in my name receives me. And whoever receives me does not receive me but him who sent me. John said to him, Teacher, We saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to prevent him because he was not following us. But Jesus said, Do not hinder him, for there is no one who will perform a miracle in my name and be able soon afterwards to speak evil of me. For he who is not against us is for us. For whoever gives you a cup of water because of your name as followers of Christ, truly I say to you, he will not lose his reward. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believes to stumble, it would be better for him if a heavy millstone hung around his neck. He had been cast into the sea. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life crippled than having your two hands and go into hell, into the unquenchable fire, where their worm does not die and fire is not quenched. If your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame than having two feet and to be cast into hell where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. If your eye causes you to stumble, throw it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes and to be cast into hell where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. For everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if the salt becomes unsalty, what, with what will you make it salty again? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. May the Lord add his blessing today to both the reading and to the hearing of his word. Will you pray with me? Father, as we come before you today, 
I just pray that your Holy Spirit will fill this sanctuary full. Lord, we just pray that today that I would be hidden behind your word. We pray today that those that are seated here, that you would prepare their hearts to receive. That their ears would hear and that their hearts would be filled with your word. And that their faith would be empowered to believe and that they may walk it out in their daily life for your glory. So we just ask your presence here. Fill this place full. Do that which only you can do in our lives. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. And amen. I want you to picture a scene. Uh, Jesus is walking on the road and has been... uh, doing many things, but just prior to this, Peter, James, and John were with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, and they just witnessed the glory of God coming down out of heaven and resting on Jesus. And... uh, not that this ever happens to us, but it did happen to them. They kind of got the big head about it. You know, none of the rest of the disciples did Jesus take with them. He took only the, the three, Peter, James, and John. And they, and these, you know, the sons of thunder, they were constantly going back and forth as to who was the greatest. Even to the point that their mother got involved in it. She was asking Jesus to put one of them on his right and one of them on his left. And you don't know what you're really asking. These were men that in their own flesh they became prideful. Again, I know none of us here have that problem. So, this is probably an exercise in futility this morning saying this, but... Sometimes we get to thinking that because, uh, well, I go to church every time the doors open. I'm at every Bible study. And at any time that there's an outreach, I am there. We kind of get a little bit puffed up. Now, we're humble, so we just put on a badge that says I'm humble. No pride in that, is there? So Jesus, uh, he acknowledged this. And they came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he began to question them. What were you discussing on the way? What was the conversation you guys were having as we were walking here? He knew what they were saying. He was about to make an uncomfortable moment for them once again. Having them to pause and do a little reflecting as to the amount of pride that's in their lives. It says, but they kept silent for on the way they discussed with one another which one of them was the greatest. You know, it's so easy for us to get a little bit prideful. 
over some of the things we do for the Lord. And we think that we're better than the rest of them because they don't do as much as I do. If this happened with the twelve, I've got a feeling it happens with us. Now, we might keep it a secret, but the Lord knows our heart. It may be something that you wrestle with inside. It may be something where you are puffed up with inside yourself. And only maybe the closest people near you know because every now and then you, when, you're, when they're off to the side and out of earshot of everyone else, you acknowledge the great things that you do for the Lord. Just making sure they understand just what they are. But Jesus dealt with it. He says, sitting down. And that's what teachers did 2,000 years ago in Jewish culture. When they taught, they sat down to teach. Jesus, sitting down, he called the twelve and said to them, If anyone wants to be first, he shall be last of all. And servant of all. See, God looks at things completely different from you and I. We like to be first in everything. But first in the kingdom is the person who humbles themselves and is and becomes last. Putting all others before himself and chooses to become a servant. You know, I can tell where someone's at in their spiritual maturity by observing how they conduct themselves. It doesn't matter to me the things they say or how well they're able to pray in public or how polished they look on Sunday morning. It's the things they do when no one's looking. You know, many of us are the folks that, you know, when the boss is around, we get right with it. We pick up our pace a little bit. And we're the perfect employee when the boss is around. (coughs) But when he's not around, we may even be a true sloth. Lazy as it comes. When we have a chore to do or a responsibility, do we just approach it half-heartedly? Or do we give it our best? Do we serve our brothers and our sisters? Or do we serve ourselves? Expecting them to take care of that. Well, that's beneath me. I don't do toilets. I don't do windows. I don't shampoo the carpet. I'm not cleaning the bathroom floor under any circumstances. Do you know what's on there?
If anyone wants to be first, he shall be last of all of them. And servant of who? All. Putting yourself in last place and serving your fellow man because in doing so you just served Jesus. Then, taking a child, Jesus sat him before them and taking him into, taking the child into his arms, he says, Whoever receives one child like this in my name receives me. And whoever receives me does not receive me, but him who sent me. Now, we have to take this in context of what he's been talking about. What has Jesus been talking about? He's been talking about being humble. So, a child, when, and, he, in, and I want you to understand, he's taking a toddler. He's, t- he's taking a small child. One who has nothing can, to brag about because still needs help putting on his clothes. Still needs help when he's sitting on the potty. Still needs help. So this one is humble. Nothing to brag about. Still needs help. And we have to become humble like that. Whoever receives one of these. What we have is new Christians. New believers. We're to receive them and take them in where they're at. They need help. And we are to be an example to them. You know, people say... Jamie, why do you do that? Why don't you make someone else do it? To be an example is why I do it. If I won't be an example as a pastor, you know, the rest of my words mean nothing. If I'm not willing to get in there and get dirty... If I'm not willing to make a sacrifice, yeah, it's not maybe not my job, maybe not my responsibility. But I have been called to be a servant of the Most High. And to be last and servant of all. Last hasn't been a problem because I have a, my last name starts with a W, so I've been at the last of the line all my life. <laughs> So I've got some idea what that's like, and that you know I was trained young to to be to be bringing up the rear or being the last two or three. That's not a problem. But to be willing to do things, you know, willing to do things that no one else will do because it is beneath them. Jesus is calling us to be that person. Because we're serving one another. 
And we're setting the example for all the new believers how one who truly is born again, one whose life is completely transformed by the power of God's Word and the atoning work of Jesus on that cross to redeem us from who we used to be into who He's calling us to be for His glory. And Jesus says, if you receive one of these, you've received me. Because why? Because in every newborn believer, Jesus dwells in them. You've received Jesus. And then Jesus goes on to say, now you didn't receive me, you received the one who sent me. Why? Because he is just like the Father. He is in the very image of the Father. His characteristics and his nature is exactly that of the Father. So when we become like Jesus, we're becoming like the Father in our nature. We are taking on the divine nature. And we're giving up the old sinful nature that we used to walk in. And now we're walking in divine nature. Not that we're perfect, but... We've been saved by the one who is perfect. He has called us to his lifestyle, to his nature, to his character, to his humility. It is not about how we can be a leader and lord over others. That's what the disciples wanted to be. They wanted to be powerful and lord over others. They wanted Jesus to be king and they wanted to be the right-hand dudes out there and they wanted to have other people kiss the ring, man. (laughs) Jesus said, you're not getting it, boys. You're not getting it. If you want to be first, you become last and you serve all. That's how you become great in the kingdom of God. Then John, again, the one that the, the, the Lord loved. Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name and we tried to prevent him because he was not following us. Ah, oh, John, John, John. How many times did we have to talk about this and you're not getting it? Master, he wasn't following us. He had no right to do that. Jesus, do not hinder him, for there is no one who will perform will perform a miracle in my name and be able soon afterwards to speak evil of me. Don't get prideful and say, look, that's my job. Don't you dare do that. I'm the one that leads that Bible study. Who do you think you are? Some young upstart? I'm the one that prays for the people. Not, I mean, you've only been a believer two weeks. What the heck are you doing? 
Jesus says, do not hinder him. For there is no one who will perform a miracle in my name and soon be able to speak evil of me. For he who is not against us is for us. Even if they've just got their training wheels on, bless them and let them do it. They're going to learn from the experience. Step up and be number two. You don't have to be number one today. Sometimes it's comfortable just being the helper. For whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because of your name as followers of Christ, truly I say to you, he will not lose his reward. So whoever serves you because you are a follower of Christ, they're not going to lose their reward. And also, if you go serve someone else... Because you are a follower of Christ, you are not going to lose your reward. Your reward is great in heaven and is waiting for you. It is waiting for you. But for those who want their reward in this life, you want men to come pat you on the back? Jesus says, you have received your reward if that's what you want. But if you want that which the Father has waiting for you he's keeping track it's all recorded and the blessings are yours they come in this life and they will be great in the next and then he says whoever causes these little ones who believe to stumble it would be better for him if a heavy millstone had been hung around his neck and had been cast into the sea Speaking of young believers, we don't want to do things that will hurt and hinder the growth of someone who is, who is young in the faith, who has not yet been toughened up to the fact that, you know what? Sometimes believers hurt other people. And church people are the worst. Because we're blind to our own sins. But we can sure see them in everybody else. You said it had been better if a millstone had been hung around your neck and you'd been cast into the sea than to cause a young believer to stumble. Not just talking about a little kid, talking about a young believer. I don't care if they're 70 years old and they just came to Christ. There's a lot that they have got to learn yet. And getting beat up by the church. The world's going to beat them up bad enough, but when they get beat up by the church, woe to that one. So he says, you know, if your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. If your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. If your eye causes you to stumble, pluck it out. Now, he's not talking in literal terms. Because I sure don't want a, a church full of, of one-handed or, no, or, or and lame people. Because we've got work for the kingdom to do. He's talking about get the sin out of your life. 
get the sin out of your life. And sometimes the sins are the things that you don't think are sins. Well, I don't smoke and I don't drink. I don't chew and I don't follow with people who do. But yet I gossip. Preacher, I don't gossip. I was just sharing a person's need on the prayer line. I was just sharing a need. What did you hear? That sounded like you really cared, didn't it? The tone means everything. And then... He says, for everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if salt becomes unsalty, with what will you make it salty again? You and I have been made to be salt in this world. Now, salt has lot many functions. We can season the world. You and I are meant to go out there and make this a better place. We're to season it. We're to give this life, this world, a good taste. Because heaven knows the enemy is not giving it a good taste. Oh, some of the things that the enemy entices us with may taste good for a short season. But the bitterness that comes with it will ruin your life. You and I have been called to season the world. We're to go out there and to be Jesus to a lost and dying world. And give them hope. Add some flavor to this life instead of misery. But if we lose our saltiness, how can we be made salty again? If the church no longer is able to season the world... And make this a better place because of our presence. Because of the way we interact with others. That we don't look like the world, but we look different. Why? Because we are born again. Why? Because our citizenship is in heaven. Why? Because we have the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit. And we have the full knowledge that we are not our own. We were bought with a price. We don't sit on the throne. He does. Have salt in yourselves. Have salt in yourselves. God longs to give it to you to make you salty so that you're able to season the world. Salt, when it's put in the right place at the right time, can melt a cold heart. Can remove the ice out of the midst of a situation that seems impossible. You can keep throwing vinegar on it, but a little sugar does a lot of good. Like I said, I've seen many Christians that were baptized in lemon juice. They're just a bunch of sour pusses. 
Don't be that. And finishing up, have salt in your lives and be at peace with one another. You and I have been called to be at peace. We're to be peacemakers. Even when everything in us wants to jump up and pick a fight, he says, be a peacemaker. But preacher, you don't understand. You don't know what he just said to me. I really don't care. (laughs) Can I be truthful? I don't care. You and I have been called to be peacemakers, to take it on the chin. They said all kinds of things to Jesus. And he was a peacemaker. With his words, he disarmed them. With his love, he disarmed them. And your reward in heaven will be great. Because he will not forget one thing. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you today for the power of your word to transform our lives when we are open to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Holy Spirit, I just pray your presence continually working in the lives of all those who are gathered in this sanctuary this morning whose hearts are open to receive the fullness of your love in them. Help them to forgive. Help them to love. Help them to be salt and light in a world that needs desperately to receive the fullness of your great love. Help us to be peacemakers in the midst of everyday life. That in the moment when tensions are high, that Jesus walks into the situation because he's in us when we step in the midst of that situation. Overtake us with your great love. Grant us the wisdom to know how to use it for your glory. Give us discernment to know what is evil and what is good in the moment. Bring all who are young in the Lord to maturity for your glory. And that your word would be proclaimed throughout this county and throughout this state for your glory. And to wherever you take them, even to the furthest reaches of this world, to Nepal, have your way, have your way, Lord. And amen.